Welcome to Zikhu Dasi Man Member by Avram Goldar and the Rimazakh Nadarim Dafnun Zain. The seventh pair can no demeanor Yorick. So the three types we're going to focus on. Number one, the next mission states one who says Konum Peris Ha'il Olai, Konum Hen Alpi, Konum Hen Lafi. One who says Konum these fruit on me, or these are Konum upon my mouth, or these are Konum to my mouth. He is forbidden even in their exchanges, meaning goods received in exchange for them, and in their groves, meaning that which grows from them. The run explains that by specifying an object, it's like hektish, and therefore shares these two properties of hektish. The mission continues, If he vowed fruit are conum for my eating or for my tasting, he is permitted in their exchanges and gross. Their exchanges and gross are not a violation of his netter since he is not eating or tasting the original forbidden fruit. Finally, the Hizkolachas are qualified. This is only in an item whose seed decomposes. But an item whose seed does not decompose, even the groves of its groves are forbidden. The run explains that even in the first case of the Mishnah, its first groves are only forbidden because they are similar to exchanges, meaning the original seed was exchanged for its subsequent plant. But what grows from them is not because secondary exchanges are permitted. In contrast, an item whose seed does not decompose forbids even secondary growth because some amount of the original forbidden item remains. Pointing to the Gemara presents the question, an onion that was picked during Shemitah, giving it Shemitah sanctity, but not the Bishminis, and he then replanted it during the eighth year and its new growths exceeded its original root, what is the halacha? In this context, exceeded means by an amount sufficient to nullify the original root, meaning 60 to 1. The inquiry is defined. Kevin the rabbi gedula mi karo. Do we say since the groves exceeded the root, osin gedula heter malinese iser or lo? Those permitted groves nullify their forbidden root, and the entire plant is permitted or not. Rather, the groves are themselves forbidden as an extension of the forbidden root. The run explains that the questions about whether the new growths are permitted or are forbidden as extensions, the nullification of the original root, is a secondary result. And pointing with you, Rabbi Yitzhak Nafka attempted to resolve the question from a statement set in the name of Rabbi Yanai. If an onion of truma was planted and its groves exceeded the root, which in truma would require a ratio of 100 to 1, it is mutter and the entire onion loses its truma status, although it is original tevel and would require tithing. He was challenged that there are two Amarim who forbid this. Rabbi Yochanan said that a young tree with fruit, which was forbidden as orla, which was grafted onto an old, permitted tree, even if the fruit grow 200-fold, the requisite amount for oral nullification, they remain forbidden despite the fact that the young tree is considered part of the old tree and its new growths would be permitted if not that they grew from forbidden fruit. Rabbi Yonason said about an onion planted in a vineyard, which is forbidden as climb, even after the vineyard was uprooted and the onion grew 200-fold, the onion remains forbidden. Both Amarim held that the new growth does not nullify the old root, rather the growth itself is forbidden as an extension. So once again, the three points are, number one, the next mission states, one who says, Konum peros ha'eu olai, konin hen alpi, konin hen lafi, konin these fruit on me, or these are konum upon my mouth, or these are konum to my mouth, aser bechilufen ubegidulehen. He is forbidden even in their exchanges, meaning goods, received in exchange for them, and in their growths, meaning that which grows from them. 
The run explains that by specifying an object, it's like hektish, and therefore shares these two properties of hektish. The mission continues, Shani ocho, shani toem, mutter bechilufen, ubegidulehen. If he vowed fruit are conum for my eating or for my tasting, he is permitted in their exchanges and gross. Their exchanges and gross are not a violation of his netter since he is not eating or tasting the original forbidden fruit. Finally, these halachas are qualified. This is only in an item whose seed decomposes. But an item whose seed does not decompose, even the groves of its groves are forbidden. The run explains that even in the first case of the Mishnah, its first groves are only forbidden because they are similar to exchanges, meaning the original seed was exchanged for its subsequent plant. But what grows from them is not because secondary exchanges are permitted. In contrast, an item whose seed does not decompose forbids even secondary growth because some amount of the original forbidden item remains. Point number two, the Gemara presents the question, an onion that was picked during Shemitah, giving it Shemitah sanctity, but not to Bishminis, and he then replanted it during the eighth year and its new growths exceeded its original root, what is the halacha? In this context, exceeded means by an amount sufficient to nullify the original root, meaning 60 to 1. The inquiry is defined. Kevin the rabbi gedul of me karo. Do we say since the groves exceeded the root, osin gedul heter malinas iser or lo? Those permitted groves nullify the forbidden root, and the entire plant is permitted or not. Rather, the groves are themselves forbidden as an extension of the forbidden root. The run explains that the questions about whether the new growths are permitted or are forbidden as extensions, the nullification of the original root, is a secondary result. And pointing with you, Rabbi Yitzhak Nafka attempted to resolve the question from a statement said in the name of Rabbi If an onion of truma was planted and its groves exceeded the root, which in truma would require a ratio of 100 to 1, it is mutter and the entire onion loses its truma status, although it is original tevel and would require tithing. He was challenged that there are two amaraim who forbid this. Rabbi Yochanan said that a young tree with fruit, which was forbidden as orla, which was grafted onto an old, permitted tree, even if the fruit grow 200-fold, the requisite amount for oral nullification, they remain forbidden despite the fact that the young tree is considered part of the old tree and its new growth would be permitted if not that they grew from forbidden fruit. Rabbi Yonason said about an onion planted in a vineyard, which is forbidden as climb, even after the vineyard was uprooted and the onion grew 200-fold, the onion remains forbidden. Both Amarim held that the new growth does not nullify the old root, rather the growth itself is forbidden as an extension. All right, so now we go to our Simmer Daphne Zion, and our standard Simmon is a nose, and we often use the Pinocchio puppet to help us remember the Simmon. So here goes. The Pinocchio puppet that had been exchanged for fruit that one had said, Conum these fruit on me, and was also deemed forbidden, was tossed out and landed on top of an onion that was picked during Shemitah and then replanted in the eighth year, right under an old tree which had a young tree with fruit that was Orla grafted onto it. So once again in slow motion, the Pinocchio puppet, Pinocchio, that must be Duff. Nunzain knows. The Pinocchio puppet that had been exchanged for fruit that one had said, Conum these fruit on me, and was also deemed forbidden, which reminds us the next mission states, one who says, Conum perus alai, Conum hen alpi, Conum hen lafi. If one says, Conum these fruit on me, or these are Conum upon my mouth, or these are Conum to my mouth, he's forbidden even in their exchanges, meaning, goods received in exchange for them and in their growths, meaning that which grows from them. The run explains that by specifying an object, it's like hectish and therefore shares these two properties of hectish.
So the Pinocchio puppet that had been exchanged for fruit, the one had said, Conan leaves fruit on me, and was also deemed forbidden, was tossed out in Atlanta on top of an onion that was picked during Shemitah, and then replanted in the eighth year, which reminds us, the Gemara presents the question, Batzel she'akar b'shviyas, an onion that was picked during Shemitah, giving it Shemitah sanctity, and he then replanted it during the eighth year, and its new growth exceeded its original root. What is the halakha? Do we say, since the growth exceeded the root, those permitted growths nullify the forbidden root and the entire plant is permitted or not. Rather, the growths are themselves forbidden as an extension of their forbidden root. So the Pinocchio puppet that had been exchanged for fruit, that one had said Conan is fruit on me, and was also deemed forbidden, was tossed out and landed on top of an onion that was picked during Shemitah and then replanted in the eighth year, right under an old tree which had a young tree with fruit that was Orla, grafted onto it, which reminds us, Tua Marim held that new growth does not nullify the old root. Rather, the growth itself is forbidden as an extension. Rabbi Yochanan said that a young tree with fruit, which was forbidden as Orla, which was grafted onto an old permitted tree, even if the fruit grew 200-fold, which is the requisite amount for Orla nullification, they remain forbidden, despite the fact that the young tree is considered part of the old tree and its new growths would be permitted if not that they grew from forbidden fruit. So once again, the Pinocchio puppet that had been exchanged for fruit that one had said, Conan these fruit on me, and was also deemed forbidden, was tossed out and landed on top of an onion that was picked during Shemitah, and then replanted in the eighth year, right under an old tree which had a young tree with fruit that was Orla, grafted onto it. All right, so now it's time for Forbola Ba Chazara. Daphnun Gimel, so the Simran Daphnun Gimel is a Nigerian prince. So here goes. The Nigerian prince, Nigerian prince, that must mean we're on Daphnun Gimel. The Nigerian prince visiting Israel, who didn't eat dates, but enjoyed their derivative, date honey, which reminds us we have a three-way machokas, whether the derivatives from dates, referring to date honey, is prohibited in a netter, and whether the derivative from winter grapes, which is winter grape vinegar, is prohibited in a netter. So, the Nigerian prince visiting Israel, who didn't eat dates, but enjoyed their derivative, date honey, was surprised when he was brought olive oil, since in his home country, they used sesame oil, which reminds us the next mission states that one who vows from wine is permitted in apple wine, and if one vows from oil, is permitted in sesame oil. After several more examples, the mission presents the reason Shehushem Levi, because it's an appellative, meaning a specifying term is used to refer to the above items, and they are therefore not included in the unspecified term. Abraisa teaches that this can depend on the location of the netter. One who vows from oil in Eretz Yisrael is permitted in sesame oil, but prohibited in olive oil because they only used olive oil. But a netter in Babel has the opposite halacha because they only used sesame oil. So the Nigerian prince visiting Israel, who didn't eat dates, but enjoyed the derivative date honey, was surprised when he was brought olive oil since in his home country they used sesame oil. And to learn his tour guide refused the salad made from wild greens since he had taken a netter from greens during Shemitah, which reminds us, if one vows from greens in other years of the Shemitah cycle, he's prohibited in garden greens, meaning cultivated greens, and permitted in field greens, meaning wild greens. Because people usually use garden greens during those years, they are referred to as greens during that time. But if he vowed during Shemitah when planting is forbidden, he's forbidden in wild greens and permitted in garden greens because the wild variety is what is normally eaten during that year. Dafnun Dalit, so the simmer Dafnun Dalit is noodles, and we often use a pasta chef. So here goes. The noodle chef's agent, noodle chef, that must be more in Dafnun Dalit. 
The noodle chef's agent, who asked the chef if he meant he should buy gourds when he couldn't find any greens, which reminds us, the seventh parak begins, One who vows from greens, which are vegetables where the leaves are eaten, is permitted in gourds, which are considered fruit of the ground, since the fruit is eaten and not its leaves. But Rabbi Kiva forbids it. The Gemara explains that their malchokas revolves around the issue of an item that a shliach would typically consult with the sender about if it's included or not in the original term. So the noodle chef's agent, who asked the chef if he meant he should buy gourds when he couldn't find any greens, accidentally served a customer a liver instead of meat from a hectic animal, which reminds us the more quotes a mission which states, Hashliach who performed his shlichus, the Baal has committed meila. Meila is an exception to the general rule that one is not high for never done through a shliach. If he did not perform his assignment, the shulich has committed me'il because he has acted on his own. The Mishnah illustrates this principle with a case where the Baal Bais instructed his shulich to give his guests meat, which he didn't realize was hectish meat, and instead the shulich gave them liver, which was hectish, or the reverse, then the agent is high for me'il because he didn't carry out his instructions. So the noodle chef's agent, who asked the chef if he meant he should buy gourds when he couldn't find any greens, accidentally served a customer a liver instead of meat from a hectic animal. So to make amends, he prepared a bowl of noodles with well-boiled fowl for the chef, who had just returned from a bloodletting procedure, which reminds us. The Gemara quotes a Bryce in which the Tanakama said that one who vows from meat is forbidden in fowl, but permitted in fish. Abai explained that this is a case where he let blood before vowing, because he wouldn't eat fish anyway in such a condition since it's harmful, so he didn't intend to prohibit it by a netter. The Gemara objects by providing three sources that eating fowl is also harmful after bloodletting, so his netter should include neither fish nor fowl. The Gemara answers that fowl, when boiled well, is not harmful after bloodletting. Dafnun Hay, so the simmer Dafnun Hay is a speed limit sign of 55. The cop who pulled over a Talmud for going over the 55 mile per hour limit, 55 miles per hour, that must be more in Dafnun Hay. The cop who pulled over a Talmud for going above the 55 mile per hour limit because he was in a rush to ask his Rebbe whether rental property is included in Alalta, which reminds us that more discusses what is included in a netter from Dagan and Tfua and whether the word Alalta, which means profit or gain, includes rental profits. So the cop who pulled over a Talmud for going above the 55 mile per hour limit because he was in a rush to ask his Rebbe whether rental property is included in Alalta. Order the Talmud to explain the Pasuk Umimidbar Matana, which reminds us Rav Yosef made Rava expound the Pasuk Umimidbar Matana to encourage Rava to humble himself and Rava Darshan if a person makes himself Kamidbar Shehumufkaro like a desert which is open to all to teach Torah, then the Torah is given to him as a Matana, a gift. So the cop who pulled over a Talmud for going above the 55 mile per hour limit because he was in a rush to ask his Rebbe whether rental property is included in Alalta, ordered the Talmud to explain the Pasuk Umimidbar Matana. And then, realizing that his wool uniform was tight, said, Conan from wool, from coming on to me. Which reminds Rebuta says regarding making a netter from wool or flax, a kolafia noter. Everything depends on the valor, meaning the context in which the netter was made. A Bryce that illustrates Rebuta's opinion. If he was wearing a woolen garment and was uncomfortable, the run explains it was too small, and he vowed from wool, coming on me, he is forbidden in woolen clothing, but permitted to carry it. But if he was carrying flax and perspiring and vowed from flax, coming on me, he is permitted to wear flax and forbidden to carry it. Dafnun Vav. So the simmer Dafnun Vav is a shusher and shul going, nu nu, nu nu. The shusher and shul, shusher and shul, that must be one Dafnun Vav, nu nu.
The Shushu and Shu who lived in an upper story because he was sold a house within a house, which reminds us of a Machokz of the Chomim, whether one who makes a nether from a house includes the Aliyah, the upper story. And Ula says, if a seller says, I'm selling you buys Babesi, a house in my house, he may show him the upper story, meaning he can later claim that the inferior upper story is the sole property since the burden of proof is on the buyer attempting to take possession. So, the Shushur and Shu who lived in an upper story because he was sold a house within a house, stood on his dargash, which was next to his bed, right by the window, which reminds me of Malchus, whether one who makes a nether on his bed includes a dargash, which is determined to be a bed made of a leather sheet that is tied onto the bed frame with loops. So the Shushur and Shu who lived in an upper story because he was sold a house within a house, stood on his dargash, which is next to his bed, right by the window, to loudly shush the man who had taken a vow from the city that he was speaking too loudly while wrongly standing in its seventy and two-thirds amos extension, which reminds us, the next mission states, One who vows from a city is permitted in its tchum of 2,000 amos, but it's forbidden in its 70 and two-thirds amos extension because the extension is considered a part of the city. Alright, so that concludes right, so today's year. This is Rabbi Ram Golden Zichur wishing you a great day and great learning.